Welcome to the Imperfectly Perfect Campaign, sharing real-life stories from real people to unite them in global change for the face of mental health. We will also reduce the stigma, creating communication, healing, and awareness to save lives and inspire. Join us weekly as we talk to some of the highly acclaimed faces, influencers, experts, and others who have been through extreme adversity. All right, guys, so welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Perfect podcast, where each week I'm joined by some of the world's most renowned faces in the entertainment industry, on the sports field, corporate leaders, and inspirational thought leaders around the world sharing their own truths and personal journeys. Today, we have none other than Barbara Brown, a walking miracle since divinely healed of muscular dystrophy more than 35 years ago, a former teacher and successful businesswoman. Barbara has founded and directs six companies and is the author or co-author of six books. As the guest of Kings and Presidents, Barbara brings a fresh perspective to palaces and boardrooms around the world, guiding individuals from the whorehouse to the White House and audiences from six to 60,000 out of the world of striving and driving, helping them find and fulfill the purpose for which they were created, reawakening and restoring their original design and ushering them into the realm of the miraculous. So first and foremost, welcome to the show. Thanks. Good to be here. Well, you know what? I have heard so many good things about you. And then obviously I've met you um, before. And what we normally do on this show is just really take it back and remove everything that everyone thinks that they know of a person. So you're this prolific author, successful businesswoman. This part about being divinely healed, I want to hear more about because my journey, as you know, this spiritual journey, walking with God has just come to fruition. I'm still on this journey. So can you take us back to the beginning and just share a little bit about your journey? Yes, thank you. Yes, I had four athletic stores and 10 on the drawing board and got muscular dystrophy. And for five years, I was on the Jerry Lewis telethons. We had an MDA telethon in America to raise money for research. So I was on for five years. Uh, I had love runs. My athletic stores had love runs to raise money. And at the end of the fifth year, when I was 35, I, I was one of the guinea pigs at the research center at the MDA clinic. And I said, it's not okay with me to be crippled at 35. Somebody's got to know more. And they said, well, Columbia Presbyterian Medical Center is the big research center. You could go there in New York City. So I did. And after all the tests, the old doc came in and said, you have Charcot-Marie too. There's no treatment. There's no cure. I said, I know it well. I saw my dad and aunt both withered to, to death with it. And at that, Jesus appeared. I had nothing in my data bank about him making house calls, but there he was. And I'm looking up at the (laughs) ceiling like, and looking at the doctor like, do you have a clue who just showed up? Because there he was. And he just looked down and said, Barbara, when are you just going to trust me? And I told the doctor, the spirit of God came on me. God, he didn't say he was going to heal me because I'd never thought to pray for healing. I just one day flat on my back was just cried out to God. God, I know you've called me to be a missionary. (laughs) I was in a denomination. That's all women could do. (laughs) We could go to Africa as a missionary or keep the church nursery. Thank God for freedom. 
But but anyway, I said, God, I know you've called me to be a missionary, but how can I do it flat on my back? And that's what led me to this course to go to the research center and do all the tests. So I told the doctor, God's going to heal me. I'm not doing anything else. Well, part of that research was they cut into you every year without any anesthetic to see how much muscle you had lost. (laughs) Great. (laughs) And so the doctor laughed and I left and I went back to the clinic and they laughed and I left and Two weeks later, I heard the voice again. The the first was Jesus. I knew it very clearly. That was him. I didn't know. (laughs) You know, I wasn't expecting a house call from Jesus. (laughs) But two weeks later, I heard the voice again. And this time it was the father. And he said, start walking. It's like, God, this is killing me. He just wouldn't quit. That was the word. Start walking. It's like, God, and and so I had Canadian crutches. And so I started like trying to walk because I had been a runner. That's why I opened athletic stores. And every day I took a few more steps and it's like, God, everybody, but you know, cripples can't walk. But the word was start walking. Wow. So the, every, every day I did and every day you know, I, I would cry out, God, this is killing me. And he'd say, you're doing any, you're dying anyway. Just do what I said. That's how simple God is. And this applies to everybody. When are we just going to trust him? Whether it's finances, relationships, whatever it is, he's got the master's plan. And then start walking wherever we are, whatever, wherever we find ourselves, we there's somewhere we can start walking, whether it's write a letter, whether it's do what we know to do, whether it's get our house in order, whether it's God letting God burn all those ne'er-do-wells out of our lives. That may be an American word. Do you know what that <laughs> word means? Ne'er-do-wells? No, they're, no. They're we folks don't. you wouldn't want in your life. <laughs> That's kind of a Southern thing, I guess. And then we're dying anyway. Why don't we just do what he says? So I did for 30 days. And on the 30th day, I would guess, I would just say the spirit of God hit me. And I ran all the way home. I ran all the way home. And I've been a good runner. And But it took me a while to, you know, because muscle memory kicked in. That my muscles just came alive. (laughs) And it's like, wait, I'm running again. And I was like the most shocked person there. I'm running. (laughs) And when I got home, I thought I better call Jerry Lewis and tell him I won't be on the telethon because (laughs) scripture says by Jesus's wounds in Isaiah, years before Jesus even came to the earth, by Jesus's, by his wounds, we were healed. And I got to call Jerry Lewis, who's Jewish, and say, by Jesus's wounds, I am healed. And they said, oh, whatever they say, you know, oh, it's a medical miracle. Yeah, when you just told me there's no treatment, there's no cure. I saw it Mm -hmm. in my dad and aunt. But anyway, so then two weeks later, this this woman, her husband was the sportscaster in Arkansas, the Razorbacks. It's a football team there. Mm -hmm. He was a sportscaster. She came in my store and her arms were all crippled up. Her hands were all crippled up 
but she came because she needed a zip up warm up to come to the cotton bowl in Dallas with her husband. And now I'm like a kid with a new toy. It's like, <laughs> Joyce, do you want to be healed? And she looked at me like, girl, don't mess with me. No, look, I'm walking. I can run again. Do you want to be healed? And she, yeah, sure. Well, I prayed for her and she started walking. She was thrilled. So then she came out of the dressing room with all these clothes because she wasn't limited to zippers. So I said to her at the checkout counter, she's writing her check and she starts travailing. And I'm not the most gracious person on a good day. But I said, excuse me, like, what's the problem? (laughs) What's the problem now? (laughs) You don't understand. This is the first time I've written my own check in years. (laughs) Wow. And then this other, anyway, God started bringing all these people in who (laughs) were just a mess. (laughs) Who one girl had a couple of days to live, just all these folks. And I'm, I'm just having a blast. And my stores couldn't hold me anymore because I got a hold of that. God, I want to go do what Jesus did. It's what what he told us to do. Go heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, set the captives free. It's like, God, I want to go do that. And so for 18 months, I cried out to God the same prayer. Father, I ask you to please set me free to owe no man anything but the love of Jesus Christ and free to kick the dust off my feet and walk on when it's not received. Every day for 18 months. And the, and the end of the 18 months, my very newest store that was my pride and joy, I'm praying my prayer as I'm opening the door, unlocking the door, and he said, go. It's like, God, you gave me this, I was a millionaire, you gave me this big house on the hill with the pool and the spa, everything money could buy. And he said, read the book again. The rich young ruler was to take nothing with him. I said, go. So I had a one day going out of business sale, left it all to follow Jesus 30 years ago. And God has restored me to this beautiful home on the hill in Dallas instead of Arkansas with the pool and the spa and everything money could buy. 30 years later, God's faithful. So whatever I would say to anyone listening, whatever you're going through, go through. If you're going through hell, don't stop. <laughs> Just keep going because you're not going to lose anything you have to have. The, the only thing I asked God before I, before I finished open the door of my store and God and I were having this discussion, I said, God, I just ask you one thing. Please never let me have anything to protect or defend above my walk with you. Because that's where people miss it. I've been all over this world working with leaders. And that's if, if they've built a kingdom, if they've had success, then then to to trust God, because that's the walk of faith. Will you give me where you've been? And one day God just had me, he said, wipe everything off your desk. And I'll tell you what I want back on there. And he put before me, I, I stepped out. I went from having athletic stores, being a millionaire to this incredible walk of faith. That's where from the whorehouse to the White House comes into play. And then, and then, but God led me every step of the way. He led me into ministry. One day I put the microphone down and said, I will never again 
unless I'm free to do what God's called me to do. And God told me these, uh, I had the church at Dana Point, I pastored, formed and pastored in California. And all these businessmen were offering to give me this big building overlooking the ocean in Dana Point. And God said, I, I said, you guys don't have any clue the kind of church I'd build. It'd have walls so high. If you weren't serious about Jesus, you'd never get in. And they said, but Barbara, what about the sinner man? I said, there's no problem for the sinner. It's the folks who aren't what they pretend to be and think they're coming in this building and playing church. Mm-mm. I'll call, God will call the con on that in the New York minute. No. Anyway, so another situation happened and, and I just stepped down and God told me when I'm free to do what I want to do, no place will hold them. And here we are on the internet. There wasn't even computers too much then. And now we have the internet. We can reach, what, 7 billion people who just may want the God we serve. Do or don't, it doesn't affect my life, but I have a story to tell, you know, of a God who's so good that he doesn't remove anything that that isn't better. But it's a walk of faith, forsaking all I trust him, faith. Faith is when you don't, we don't know what to do. Only God does. And it's an amazing story. It really is. The first time I, I, I was hearing from Kazia and then yourself, uh, for anyone listening, Kazia, look, it is a mutual friend of ours, an amazing lady um, who introduced me to Barbara. But what I wanted to, what I picked up there a lot was this path that I've been walking on as well. I suppose I was never brought up around spirituality, around religion per se, it came to me whilst I was doing this campaign and it was about uncovering everything that I knew and more spiritual people were coming towards me and telling me a lot of things. So for me, because my parents weren't around it, the environment, I wasn't around it. I have walked this for the past three years of learning, but I suppose why I'm saying this is because there are people out there who might be listening to this, who haven't got a relationship with God They've not even stepped into this spiritual notion. They might be going through mental health struggles and thinking, well, where is my God? Where is when we're going through mental health struggles? A lot of the times it's very much and I don't want to sound wrong, but we are feeling ourselves like a lot. There's a lot of emotions going on there and they are blocking out everything else. So I suppose from your perspective. You went through a lot within your story, not just about the muscle dystrophy. So anyone that thinks, how can I walk into faith? It's not like you've had an easy journey to do this, is it? No, sir. It's faith. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, but the, one of the key scriptures that I just love is from revelations three, seven, Because it's a principle I've seen in every leader's life, because most of the true leaders now are the, it's like God's raising up the nobodies from nowhere who don't care what the somebodies from somewhere have to say. The the big shot leaders, the strive and drive and push and shove and build their kingdom, that's old order. That is so old order. The, The new breed of leaders who are being raised up are spirit led they can't not do what they're doing because the great when the grace of god departs from where you are it's you're going to be compelled to walk by faith to do a new thing 
the the but but for mental people with mental health issues i just want to share something and this is respectfully submitted for your prayerful consideration my parents were both marines in world war ii we weren't going to have any mental health or any other kind of problems because we'd have it beat out of us and if we were going to wake up tomorrow we were going to do what we were told so but but what what i would encourage anyone who is in that is in that place, if you can shift it to gratitude, because there's something in your life you can be grateful for. You you know, it's like, what do you have to give thanks for? Well, you're alive, you're breathing. It could be worse. But so much of that that I've found is in judgments of it should have been another way. This shouldn't have happened to me. What neat, mean, nasty, and ugly things people have done to me. It's like, wait, it was just part of your journey. Uh, Romans 8.28 is, for God causes all things to work together for the good, to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So so I want to go back to Revelations 3.7. It's to the church of Philadelphia, and it was the only church of the seven who didn't get a rebuke. And what it is, is the angel of the Lord said, behold, I hold the keys of David. What I open, no man shuts. What I shut, no man opens. And I put before you an open door this day that no man can shut. And there comes a time that we have learned. See, it's the wisdom. Knowledge is power. It's the wisdom of God here. That's going to set people free. So if you'll take it all as a test, merely a test. Yeah, it happened. We've got a book. It happened. It's over. It's okay now. Yes, mean, nasty, and ugly things happened. Right. It happened. It's over. Those people are gone. They're not thinking about you. They don't have a clue. Maybe they do or maybe they don't. I don't care. I'm not going to go back there and find out. I'm not going to commune with darkness. It happened. It is over. Can it be okay now? Will we give thanks for where we are? I wouldn't have signed up for being crippled, but nobody can tell me cripples don't walk. Now, because of Marine parents, I never thought about doing drugs, smoking or drinking. <laughs> I'd have died first. But, but so I didn't have any of those challenges that some people go through. There's a lot of challenges that my upbringing saved me from or spared me from because I didn't have any choices. Our home was not a democracy. <laughs> we could take any door we wanted out of there with what we brought into the world. But we were going to do what we were told. And there was a discipline there that I learned about how to walk. <clears throat> but but if if wherever you are, and I'll just speak to you, but it goes for everyone who's listening, wherever you are, what if what if God designed that because of the love for what his love for you required? You, you, God has a plan. He he brought you down here for a purpose. And how are we going to learn? I used to do women's conferences and, and they would come up and, oh, I was molested. I was this. I was that. And, and, and just be so enmeshed in self-pity, just victimization. It's like, who's God going to use if we hadn't been through stuff? We, we, that's how we earn our stripes. That's how we go up that mountain. And, and 
So many people are stuck in what people who came into their life for a season and a reason to teach them something, what they did rather than, rather than get the prize out of that. We were dealing with the situation the other day that God strategically moved someone out of our lives 13 years ago. And, and I didn't really understand why, because there wasn't anything, but, but God just said, chop it off. He shut that door that no man can open. Well, we're getting everything in order. So one of our points of obedience to get everything in order was writing this lady an email to say, you know, I'm sorry. Is there anything you'd want to talk about? And the person brought up all this stuff from the time she was three years old. I mean, just all this litany of stuff. It's like, wait, I wasn't there. I had nothing to do with that stuff. But she wondered, There, it's no wonder why her body at, I'm 73, I think she's maybe 50, but but why her body was giving her trouble and she's got all these issues. It's like, why not? Your body is eat up with it. But But what if you had, I just do this repent, forgive, bless, and go on. So God's opening doors no man can shut, but he's got to shut a lot of doors that no man can open to be able to give you a clean slate to write your life on. So what I've seen when I've prayed for people before, they've got all these people who have done mean, nasty, and ugly things. All right. Well, those people aren't bearing any consequence. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. I've seen people drop dead for what they've done. That's, yeah, learn you just leave it all alone. Jesus said, vengeance is mine, says the Lord, and I'll repay. You see a couple of people drop dead and just, oh, no, I wouldn't touch it because God knows. Heaven's view is so different. But when God shuts those doors, he's watched their lives. He's watched what they've done. So wisdom is keep your hands off the doorknobs. You know, just keep your hands off the doorknobs. God can open the door. He can shut the door. I really don't care if anyone's in my life or if everyone's in my life. It doesn't affect my life at all because I live in the peace and presence of God. And there has been a cost with that. The people with an opinion, you know, my mother, I got disowned when I left it all to follow Jesus because what are we going to tell people? Barbara's locker room is the best store around. What are we going to, I don't care. Mm. And when you don't care, Because a man with an opinion will always be at the mercy of someone with an experience. Wow. It's every (laughs) every time you like, you've got this such a zest when you talk and it's funny because everything you're saying it and excuse the audience for listening to this part, but when you can hear in your own journey, what God is doing for you at the moment and everything you're saying about this and what I try to get through to people through this campaign and talking to the people that I am doing is fame doesn't really matter. Money doesn't really matter. It's it's just this soul of what we were brought here to do, this purpose. And I think when um, when I see these things of, of people talking about how you can make money really quick or how you can just do affirmations and this is going to work, and I'm thinking... <laughs> The process that I've been on, 
you don't make judgment because what's meant for me is meant for me and what's meant for you is meant for you. So I, I think, you know, when you're getting further in your spiritual journey that I never understood about this acceleration when you move into different levels, when you don't look at other people as judgment or anything, because people are in different parts of that where they are. But when I do see things like this, I'm just like, no, 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 no. It can't be done that quick because you've got so much to unravel within yourself and then the rest will come. So has that obviously been your experience, what you've seen with people where they may have had this coming from the flesh and going, I can make this money quick, working harder and going full steam instead of just learning that they're not in control. That's it's, it's tough to be. I, I have something on my desk. You are fired. You are fired. It's a note from God. You're fired. He be God, you be not. God is God and we're not. And and so so as those God is always calling us on. You know, there was a time I sold shoes. There was a time I had stores. There was a time I ministered. There was a time I was into wellness. There's a time now where I just live in the peace and presence of God and <laughs> love it. <laughs> so the, the times and seasons, but but you're talking about going on with the journey. Something I wanted to to say, if the people who are in having mental health issues or or issues, if you will see all those people in your life or situations that you didn't understand, that you didn't like, you wouldn't sign up for them, if you will see it as you're walking up a mountain and all those people may be in your path, but God will lay them down so they're a stone to walk on up the mountain. That's your path up the mountain. God never said it'd be easy. He said it'd be with us. <laughs> so there. <laughs> yeah. So so the gratitude of it all is no matter where you are, God help me learn what I need to learn here. And I have a prayer that works for everything. A prayer that works for everything. Father, I pray, and this is what I pray for everyone today, that the hidden things come to light. And what's not of God is exposed and removed. And then I ask for heaven's view, God's strategy for the victory. Because we, like you were saying, we want it to be out there, but it's a work in our hearts. A blessing too early could be a curse. I didn't know near what I would have to go through that, that God would have taken me through to be where I am today, restored to be a millionaire with a house on a hill and, you know, on the lake and the pool and the spa, everything money could buy. But God did that. There's no striving and driving. I could never have done this for myself. It was a miracle of God. He gave a prophetic word. He said, do this, and it came to pass. But if we have it all planned out, how are we going to hear God? God's this is a, this is a this is a generation of prophetic voices being raised up. But if you have your own if you have your own plans and presumptions, this is how it's going to be. Hey, God will burn it down before He'll build something. It's what I've learned because the hearts of all in your sphere 
are being are, are being tested. God's looking at everybody. Mm. And that's the purity of man didn't give it. Man can't take it away. God took me through my journey. And I think we've all, especially in leadership and in business entrepreneurs and stuff, we've all been through the phase of thinking somebody's going to do something for us or God's going to make something of us. Mm. <laughs> well, well, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But when it will, God will do it. And then no man can take it away. And there's such peace that nothing matters. Do you think you said it there? You said the younger generation, we're coming up to a generation of prophetic voices. Do you think those voices at the moment are being drowned out by external and societal expectations of, I need success this quick. I need this. Cause you said something about a blessing coming too early. I, I agree with that because when I started IPC, I was like, oh, it would be amazing if someone just dropped some money so that we could do this and we could help more people. However, obviously, now I know God had other plans to make me learn step by step. And I can look back now and go, wow, thank you. Because if I didn't, what would I have done to make it sustainable? How would I have ever done that? I didn't know how to do that. So do do you think that the voices these days with the younger generation, if we're not careful, they are being drowned out by all these marketing gimmicks going, get success quick, get money quick, get this YouTube and all this kind of thing. Well, you know, Moses, God took Moses 40 years, making him something to spend 40 years, making him nothing. So when he was 80, he could trust him. (laughs) So I got seven years to go, praise the Lord. But, but I, I think if, until we get tired of that, You you know, I think we've all been to conferences or bought this or bought that until you realize it's like, that's just their gig. And Father, what what do you want to, what's the best use of my breaths, of my life? You know, it's God's humor to me that he can use any of us, but but we are his hands and his feet. And and I think that looking to people when you know you have a call is like, hmm. What is this beating in my being? What is it? Well, there's a part of the flesh, the ways of the world, that's going to have to die to keep on that path. If, If the Lord had allowed anyone to come give you money, you would never have gone through being a son of the living God. You You would have been a hireling for somebody. You know, but now you own it. Now you own the journey. Now you own, God did this. I didn't know how. You know, so much he puts in our spirit that, that, that like you have a knowing, but, but how God knows the hows and the winds and all that stuff. But you can just feel it birthing because you feel the grace departing from the old world. But there is a point of faithfulness. When we are faithful, God is faithful when we're faithless because he can't deny his own. He can't deny himself. So he is faithful, but he has no problem, brother, burning out everybody and everything to get us to himself. He is truly the hound of heaven. 
Would to God I could have taken it easier. I, I can't tell you how many times I've prayed. God, if you'll just tell me what you're after, I'll say yes, and we'll cut to the chase here. We'll just save all this time. And he just laughs. laughs. That makes me laugh because I say that daily. I, I say, look, tell me how high to jump and I'll jump. Just tell me. <laughs> and then he does something like, no, I don't want you jumping. I just, would you just sit here and be with me for a bit? I, I really yeah. just want to be with you. Yeah. But a question I've got for you now is what's happening in the world over the past two years. And, and there is a lot of things coming to light should I say, in a way that's been exposed. And one of those things is the church, what we thought we knew. I mean, that's not my background, but I know a lot of people who is. And it was a conversation I had with a lady the other day, and she said there is a lot being exposed with the church. With that being said, people are feeling lost. Things that they thought were real, leaders that they thought were real, that were keeping our best interests at heart are not. And now they're not knowing where to turn. So I know personally that because I've never come from that background that I've built or this relationship, shouldn't I say it's not been built, but it's come to fruition where I know that God's wherever I can have a relationship with. So for those people from your experience, again, what, what would you say to them? I, I, I think it's great. It's all falling down. I mean, you look on Capitol Hill in America right now. I mean, the hidden things are coming to light. We've been lied to and all kinds of stuff. But God is faithful that there's a scripture when everything that can be shaken is so that all that remains is what's built on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And I think it's a very good thing. All those God never told us to build a church in Acts. They met from house to house. So I have no problem. I, I'll just tell you, when I step down from ministry, and maybe this will help some people who have had to leave the church or the church wasn't what it, they thought it would be. It's about a personal relationship. Uh, one book, and, and it's on the website, that um, website we gave you the link for, is the Daily Bible. And it's an easy read all the way through. It's the NIV is what I've got. And it's the narrated Bible in chronological order. And Ethelgard Smith was an attorney, and he was confused that, wait, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all say the same miracles, but what is that? And then in like Kings and Chronicles, a king died, and then he's in another book. So he, before a computer, put everything in the Word of God in chronological order. So you're reading a story, and he gives the narration, like, for instance, Jesus couldn't have been crucified. Now, I just could be blowing the last religious bone out of some of the folks, but he couldn't have been crucified on a Friday because that starts Shabbat. Friday at sundown. He had to be off the cross Thursday at sundown because it was an extra holy day, the Passover. Anyway, that's just one of the things. If you want to really read a book that exposes all, that really tells you the truth about the word of God, rescuing God from the rubble of religion. That'll take care of hell and the devil because, and, and I know this isn't that kind of a time, but, but I, I don't think there's a problem, God, getting people to himself. We've all got the book. 
You know, John in second John said, for you have no need for man to teach you, but as his spirit abides in you. Now, a lot of people who were in the church may need filled with the Holy Spirit as evidence. Read Acts 19 of speaking in tongues. God gave us a language just between each of us and our father that nobody can understand. It's revelatory. When I don't know what to do. I'd just go to bed, pray in tongues, go to heaven, come back with the answer because God knows and it fires my brain. But so I, I don't see it's a problem whether, I mean, I know here in America, all sorts of politicians are being exposed. So churches are being exposed. So here's what happened. I did a, I don't know how much to say about this in a new soccer stadium in Africa. I, I was the keynote speaker for, for the Miracle Night for the for this international con- convention. And I shared my story and they I invited anyone to come up for prayer. And so there were like thousands at the altar. We were on a stage and there, there were thousands who came up. But they pushed, who I found out later was the village blind boy. They pushed him to the front. And made real sure I prayed for him first. <clears throat> so I'm looking at this. He was 18 years old, I found out later. But he had like golf balls in his eyes. It's like, mm, now I know Jesus healed the blind man. And he made spit on the mud and put it in his eyes. Now, God, I got my pretty dress on. <laughs> but I know it's, it's Jesus's power. You know, I can't do any of that stuff. So I started praying for him in the name of Jesus, and I commanded that spirit of blindness to loose him and sight be restored. And they had the cameras all going, and but his pupil and iris started forming. And I'm most amazed. I'm watching this miracle, and this kid starts seeing. And and because at first, when I touched him, because it's through the laying on of hands, I wanted to make contact with him. His body felt like rigor mortis had set in. It felt dead, like a dead body. But then as God was healing him, I said, so how do you feel? And he said, I feel happy. (laughs) And God healed him, praise his holy name. Well, here's what happened. The, The head of it from that particular country, the head of it who they were on the tab for having the convention there, got a microphone and sent everyone back to their seats to give their biggest offering. Aborted everything. And I told the president of the international convention, I said, lose my number. Don't you ever call me again to be a part of your dog and pony show. How dare you allow the children of God to get raped one more time. Those who had sold their last chicken walked 20 miles. And that's when I put the microphone down. I'm through ministering. When God's free to do what he wants to do. I know the gifts and the callings of God are without reproach, without repentance. I know they work because they're gifts of God. And sometimes he uses whoever he can, as much as he can, as long as he can. But that was the day I stepped down from religion and and went into the freedom and innocence of a relationship. And that's what you have because you didn't you didn't have your feet planted in religion. No. You know, scriptures were Jesus was real clear. He tried telling us that when he said. 
having a form of godliness but denies the power. Beware of the tradition of the elders that make the word of God of no offense, uh, make the word of God of no account, having a form of godliness that denies the power. I grew up in, in a denominational church where we were taught the, the miracles, all that stuff were tongues were the devil. It's like, why? Just because you don't have it, not getting all the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit cost Jesus's life. He said, I have to go so the Father can send you the paraclete, the comforter to guide you into all truth. But what I've seen is, and, and in my journey, I, I kept seeing the people who were filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, they went to that church down the road that we talked about. Yeah, they jump pews and talk in tongues. But when you're hungry, you'll go where the life is. And my life was transformed when I got I got the liver of it all living in me. And it's like, why would I buy a Mercedes and not demand the engine? It's called dumb. <laughs> you know, but we've been lied to. So praise God that he do away with all the edifices mm-hmm. because the kingdom of God is within us. It's it's he's alive and active. He wants a relationship with his children. And so I I went on an 18 month during ministry. I God had me put everything in storage. And he said, I said, where am I going? He said, it's on an, you're on a need to know basis. (laughs) You talk about faith, my brother. (laughs) So it wound up being 18 months. And I went from the whorehouse to the white house during that 18 months. And the Madame was much easier than the president used to say. (laughs) But, But at the end of my trip, and I am not picking on the church. I am not. We are the church. We are the people, are the church. And and so I'm not picking on, I got so much growing up in the church. That was my cradle. I'm never going to curse the cradle. I thank God for what I didn't have to go through because I was raised with the word of God and the fear of Marine parents. But, But so I have that. I'm not picking on that at all. But at the end of the 18 months, God said, so what did you learn from your journey? What did you see? <clears throat> and I said, Father, in so many, I saw the slaves building a man's kingdom rather than the children building your kingdom. Because God has a call on each of our lives. So shouldn't a pastor build up a person's gift and call. But in that, just like there are massage therapists, politicians, whatever, there are hirelings, people who do what they do for money, or people who are anointed for what they do. I thank God. I have an incredible massage therapist, and she's anointed by God. It's like you go to worship for three hours. You know, she's just so anointed with that gift. And I've seen pastors who care about the people. And I've also seen those who beg for money. It's like, wait, God's will is his bill. If God called you, he'll keep you. If this is God's house of worship, are you meeting me? And that's the point of the ministry center at DC here. 
meeting needs and healing hurts. Are you doing what Jesus would be doing? And and I'm not beware lest I cause anyone to stumble. I'm not I'm not intending to cause anyone to stumble, but I'm just telling you, unless the Lord Psalm 127 is very clear. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. It's useless for my children to get up early or stay up late because I give to my beloved even in their sleep. So what's not of God, let it all fall. Let it all be exposed. Because God's calling to the one. He just needed one Paul to birth the whole secret. The disciples didn't go with him. They stayed among the Jews. Instead, he knocks this Pharisee off his horse, blinds him, calls the apostle Paul the only one called by the risen Lord. And so he spends all those years Jesus teaching him in solitude, Jesus showing him. And so he's birthing the secret. And that's what it'll it'll be on the site soon. It's um, can we be friends now? And it's all the writings of Paul. Because <clears throat> Paul went way beyond. He went to the nations and he said, I won't build on another man's platform. Like Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I won't take anything from you lest you say you made me rich. That's when you're really called by God. You're not fighting somebody's platform or somebody's kingdom or whatever. Where are, okay, so the fivefold ministry, is there an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, a pastor, and a teacher? Pastor's not the top gift. Where are the other? The church, the, the foundation's built on the apostle and prophet, and those aren't apostles and prophets that have to go in a big church saying, I'm apostle so-and-so. When I was in ministry, it's like, my name is Barbara, just Barbara. Don't put any titles on me. I don't need a last name. And I've got the website, barbarajustbarbara.com. So I don't need those names. I don't need you thinking I'm anything. Because if I really got into prophetic here, half of you people would be gone. Mm -hmm. Paul said, I want to give you meat, but you'd choke on it. All you want is pablum. A true prophet? Start calling out what's really going on. Mm-hmm. Who's ready for that? I don't know. But that's the most amazing. Like, I could sit here and listen to this all day because a lot of what you are saying here is maybe because I've not been brought up in that environment and it's been brought onto me through this campaign and it's all these tests mm-hmm. and everything being uncovered. When I started getting a lot of people drawn towards me, there was things that I had to be careful with, which thankfully from Kezia, who we know, and a lot of supportive people, um, that there were prophets that did call things out like this. And they said, you'll not hear a lot of people do that. And then I came across the test of sheep in wolf's clothing. And what you were Mm. saying, talking about how you stopped ministry because of them going towards the money, I had those experiences where people came to me and said, if you want these blessings, God's giving me the number 777. So you need to pour that into me. And my heart, my soul was screaming, going, and I had to check with people of faith as well that I knew. And God, this doesn't feel right because God knows my bank balance. So why would he want me to pour out when I've got two little kids and I'm struggling at the moment myself? And this person in the flesh is literally telling me if I pour that into them, it's going to suddenly, shouldn't I be pressing forward into my faith rather than to this person? So I never did. And I cut all ties with this person. 
And then obviously <laughs> things flowed. But that's what I mean when it comes to these tests. It's, I think, or I now can thoroughly say, God was probably bringing those people to me to get me through those to make sure that I was well equipped with where he was taking me to the next point. Because people will look at the campaign sometimes and say, how are you speaking to these people? Like, how am I speaking to yourself? And and you call yourself Barbara, which I, I totally respect because there's no airs and graces. There's none of that. And I'll be like, I'm just a guy who knew nobody. And now look, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to these top people. That isn't just me. I work hard, but that just isn't me. And they're like, well, what do you mean? So I think I, these days I just say, when you know, you know. When you start stepping in and walking into your faith. And I think sometimes with me, it was gradual. It was personal development, spirituality, faith. So he worked on me. <laughs> he worked through that. Amen. And that when when people that that is such an abomination. If God called you, God will keep you. Mm-hmm. If you're begging for money, don't tell me if God's putting that kingdom down. It's like years ago the Lord showed about he said the spirit of God is is moving through the camp. And if you've got your head raised in pride with I, me, and my, and it was, this was a word to ministers. So I'll do it from there, but we all are ministers of something, either good or bad. Uh, if, if you have your head raised in pride with I, me, and my, the sword will cut it off. Your purpose, your whatever. But if you will bow the knee when the sword comes back around the camp, you will be knighted for service. Mm. And that's what you've gone through. God had to burn. When, when you have the goods, people, people who don't, and I'm not being judgmental, I'm just saying the real exposes the false. Yeah. They'll come to you because they want a piece of that. Mm. People used to come up to me and say, Oh, whatever you need. And it's like the fear of God came on me. It's like, your name is not God. My God has supplied all my needs according to his riches and glory, because I'm seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things will be added. If I have a need, he knows what it is. I want to share with you, and this is from the concordant literal, um, new and old testaments from the original writings. It's not any of the translated Bibles. It's from the original scriptures and it's located on the Barbara Brown link that I gave you with the book. It's, it's the systematizing of the deception. Now it doesn't, it's not stat. The translators didn't leave it like this, but here's what it says. This is, this is all about the systematizing of the deception that Paul wrote about in Ephesians four that we may by no means still be minors surging hither and thither and being carried about by every wind of teaching, by human caprice, by craftiness, with a view to the systematizing of the deception. That's religion. Now, being true in love, we should make, be making all grow into him who is the head, Christ. So all that stuff is systematizing of the deception, whether it is in politics. It's when, when God first started calling me when I had the athletic stores, 
he would take me, Jesus would take me on field trips in the spirit realm, just show me things. Cause there's no time in the spirit realm. You can, anyway. So, so one day he said, we're going to go, I want to, I want to show you something. So we went to this large church. I never thought about preaching. I love my home. I love my life. Right. And he took me to this huge church and he said, now we have to stand in the back because I'm not really welcome here. But then he said, after the service was over, he said, now, let me show you what I would have done had I been welcome here. So we went to the front of the church and all the people were still sitting there in this vision. And he said, that one has cancer. She could be healed. That one. So he started calling out about 15 different situations he would have dealt with. People he would have healed, would have set free, touched their hearts, whatever he would have done. He said, but let me show you what's really going on. And, and then, then the scene changed and they all had Grecian masks on, you know, on a stick. They all had Grecian masks with smiles because everybody has to smile in church. And he said, you have to be very aware of being led by the Holy Spirit, because only by the Spirit of God do you know what's going on. And it's through your journey of people who saw you had a gift and wanted to grab hold of that to make you their servant or serve their purposes or whatever, um, that God had to remove all that stuff and take you on a journey that was divinely anointed and appointed for you. I just call it HSU, Holy Spirit University. You know, read the book and do what it says. It's Holy Spirit University. God will take you through. These tests are just for you. But as we join together, not having anything to protect or defend, we know God brought us together because Z and I, the first time we met, knew God brought us together. This is the family of God, the real ones. Mm-hmm. It's so a- what it cost all those... Ne'er do wells, folks. You're just going to have to look it up. Maybe it's in some book. Ne'er do wells. They're they're just people, and that's not judgment. That's people that can't can't walk with me. Yeah. You you know it's it's the people who are called together. I I don't care color set. I don't care about any of that stuff. Can we walk together? Can we have all things in common and there be no need? Can we support one another? Can I, can we cross pollinate? Yeah. You know, this is the real family because when you go on with God, it costs a lot of families because you, you aren't that old person. You're full of the spirit doing stuff, healing the sick and raising dead and casting out devils, whatever, whatever God leads you to do. But it's all there. It's God has it all. But you've been saved. Each person that will be on this, you've been saved for thousands of years for now. Now. Now faith is. We've never been here before. And God is picking the players like never before. When I went to the first president, what God showed me is you get so high. The Lord had given me a word for the then president. And it was in the next 10 days, three major battles will come to the forefront. 
da 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 and God wanted him to have the help he needed. And what God showed was you get so high and there's no one after God's purposes in your life. They all have their own kingdom to protect or defend protecting yours. So God wanted him to have the help he needed. And the next, it was in the papers the next day. And in 10 days, three major battles came to the forefront. Oh, yes. But but I didn't want anything from him. I was on assignment from God. So I could tell the head of White House security that I need to see the president. He said, oh, what? I said, I sent a text telling them I need a point. No, uh, a fax at the time. I mean, I, I didn't know. It's like God called me here. He said, get to Washington, D.C. Because the word was in the next 10 days, Three major battles will come to the forefront. Well, who knows when the next 10 days are? So it was 18 months later that that day I was in Kentucky, I think, and God said, today's the day to get to the White House. Duh. So so the head of White House security, I just told the guard at the, the executive office building I needed to see the president, and I had sent a fax set up the meeting. And he said, I can't get you in. Well, I had already been to the White House on a tour then because I was praying through, man, I was taking that land. God told Joshua, every piece of ground your feet step on, I gave to your hand. It's like, praise God, we're taking a White House today. So so I said, well, I have a word for the president. And he said, I can't get you there. I said, who's the head of white? Who's who's the head of security here? So he got the head of the White House security. And I said, sir, are you are you a man of faith? He said, yes, I am. And I said, well, you know how the prophets would go to the kings and give them a word. If they'd do this, it would succeed. If they do this, it would fail. That I said, well, God gave me a word for the president. <clears throat> he said, what is it? And so I told him that part. And he said, what's the rest? I said, you're not the president. He said, well, I can't get you. I said, he's here. I was just at the White House. He's here. And and he said, well, I can't get you in there. Well, I know I'm not leaving till I give the word to the president because I'm on assignment from God. So God had me say this word. This is how bizarre walking with God could be. I said, do you think President Kennedy would still be alive if someone had listened to a word from God? At that The SWAT team, the executive office building filled up with security people. (laughs) And they checked my car. They followed me back to the hotel, said, when are you going to be out of here? I said, when I give to the word, the word to the president. So it didn't take long. It's spiritual authority. It's spiritual authority. Somebody's going to be in charge. As for me and my house, Joshua said, we're going to serve God. I'm in that house. It's my house. We're going to serve God. Every knee is going to bow to the plan of God. And I didn't have to go that way to the other presidents, I saw, <laughs> because, you know, God confirms your walk. But, but anyway, I'm just saying that to say whatever God leads you to do, God will make a way where there is no way. But there's no one I could. How could I do that? Yeah. God's do, and that's what God's doing for you. And when we learn what we need to learn, it's just about not 
being allowed to build old order platforms. Yeah. You know, we're going to do it like someone else. Hey, my God, God's greatest humor is how he could ever use me for anything. I mean, that's his greatest humor. My dad was so grateful. I heard it all growing up. I'm so grateful you're not twins. So, so God took each of us away. We wouldn't have gone to learn what we need to learn. And that's for everyone out there. I'm telling you, if everyone will, and it's on the website that I've given you, if everyone will just go through in prayer, first, you need to, let me, let me tell those who may not know Jesus. God sent his only beloved son. And you may have heard that before. But but in the in the original writings, it talks about God came with his approach present. We know that as being Jesus. It's the only time in scripture God has an approach present. He came to man. And in the original writings say what 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 we've heard in, in scripture is be conciliate, be reconciled to God. That's a mistranslation. It's be conciliated. Conciliation is when only one estranged party. Reconciliation is when two. If you and I had an issue, we'd have to reconcile. We're not going to have an issue because we know who called us together. But but conciliation is only one party is estranged. God's not estranged from us. He loves us. We're the only ones mad at God. And some people say, I'm not mad at God. Well, okay, whatever. But but God is is reaching out his hands through the cross saying, can we be friends? Now, I gave you my very best gift. I gave you all I had, my beloved son. Can we be friends now? That's as simple as it is. Ask Jesus to come into your heart. And he says, yes, hallelujah, I've been waiting on this. Wow. You know, and then get filled with the Holy Spirit. It's all in Acts 19. But then you know you're not in charge. It, it's God has this big plan for all of us. He's just waiting until we come to the to to him. I, I just want to read you where that's from. Second Corinthians 5 in the Concordant New Testament. And all that scripture is under concordant.org. So that if anyone is in Christ, there's a new creation. The primitive has passed by. Lo, there has come new. That's what we're communing on. We're communing on our new selves. Mm. Those old selves pass by. Yet all is of God who conciliates us to himself through Christ and is giving us the dispensation of the conciliation, how that God was in Christ conciliating the world to himself, not reckoning their offenses to them. He's not holding anything against us. And that that actually, it, it does just go into my next question for you. So with that being said, what exactly what you just said there, there are a lot of people and there are a lot of people that have certain strong beliefs and they make judgment on people. And I think, to be honest with, I know I've got a pure heart when it comes to, I don't judge people, background, anything. What you what God should I say has brought you to be and that anointing of healing people. How do I say this with <laughs> it? It's 
has he molded you? Because I wouldn't say, have you always been righteous or has there been times where like, you know, when people say, oh, people have sinned, they've done this and they're not righteous. So they can't have that anointing. And whereas me, I just want people to know, because I've never had that judgment heart going, you know what? People have made mistakes in the past. Like he's not holding that against you, but some people, and that's the flesh do hold that against certain people and and, and all that. So that's one of my questions for you, Gwen. Why, why do you think you were chosen for that specific anointing if you perhaps weren't always righteous all your life? Maybe you were. None of us know. are. None of us are. The word of God doesn't say y'all have sinned. It says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means I hadn't done anything you couldn't do. You hadn't done anything I couldn't do. All grounds level at the cross. That's why Jesus came and we're living in grace. This is a dispensation of grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace. He's not counting our sins against us. And Jesus was real clear. Judge not lest you be judged. And as you judge, you will be judged. Brother, I cannot tell you how many times. I tell you, I was sitting in my church and this couple that you never would have thought got a divorce. And I had all kinds of opinions such as, well, I'd never, well, I'd never, you get to walk enough of those I'd nevers and you keep your hands and mouths off everybody. Cause you know, it's only the grace of God, <laughs> you know, because, and that's the point. If you take it as class as you took to know what to do, to know what not to do. Yeah. I can read the word of God from cover to cover. And I love the word of God. Basic instruction before leaving earth, the Bible. How are we going to pass this test called life if we didn't read the book? But but God knew we wouldn't get it. He already paid. He already gave us his son, rose him from the grave, seated at the right hand of the father, interceding for us. How can we have anything as big as a problem? It's already done. So you better keep your hands and mouth off everybody because there's always at least one thing about somebody you don't know. You know, Mike, don't, don't, don't throw stones because I walked enough of those stone throwing till I learned shut up. Everybody's where all, and here's the other point. Everybody's where all their choices have led them. Yeah. I mean, I can be in the wellness. <clears throat> I can see people doing the medical model or the, we won't even get into the, the Rona scam <laughs> and, the, and the shots and all that mess. It's like, but but I can watch all that and and for me to try to straighten everybody out when they're each where all we're each where all our choices have led us. Mm. So it's by invitation only that I speak into someone's life, or else I would be discounting their choices. God knew how to get a hold of me when I was making the wrong choices. You know, he has no problem sticking his foot out in front of us to make us fall. Love that, love that. And that's his love. That's his love. It is such an adventure with our father. Yours is totally different. It's designed just for you because he knows where he's going to use you, how he's going to use you, but he knows he can use you because you said yes. So with that being said, then I ask everybody that comes on this uh, this podcast, 
with everything you've been through, with the highs, the lows, the, the removal of things, you've learned the lessons, the journeys and everything, what does it mean to be imperfectly perfect to you? Well, the cool thing about being imperfectly perfect, first, perfection in the original actually means maturity. It doesn't mean what it's been mistranslated. Perfection is actually maturity from the original language where it came from. But to be imperfectly perfect is incredible because if I'm perfect, then you have to be perfect. But if I don't care, if I don't have to present perfect, then however you present is perfect for you. You're the only one who can be the perfect you. I'm the only one who can be the perfect me. Why would I put a mirror up like I'm supposed to look like someone else? You know, that is the freedom of saying, I'm just how God made me. Like me or don't, come in my life, get out. I don't care. And isn't that freedom? I just love it. It is. It, it is and it just it oozes from you when you're speaking about it. There's just this whole, when people talk about getting back into this this spiritual or this connection with God and some of the people that I've talked to, and I listen intently. It's like I'm a little kid just listening because I soak it all in. And it's like listening to people who have got that relationship, they speak like a child. It, it it's And that doesn't mean to sound disrespectful. That means yeah. an elated kind of, it's because you want to share this gift and you want to like tell people about it just because you can see where people like are on their journeys and they're struggling with certain things. And you're just like, sometimes we make it so much harder than it really has to be. Like if we just bring it back. But I just want to say, Barbara, on behalf of me on the campaign and everybody that you've touched their lives of, I just want to say thank you. Is there anything coming up for you? Um, I know you're an author, co-author of so many books. Anything new coming up that we need to be looking out for? I'll put all the links up on the uh, podcast as soon as it comes out. Well, thank you. At at some point, suddenly, right now, um, we're birthing the book, uh, Can We Be Friends Now? And that's from Paul's writings. Um, that That is such revelation. Paul really spoke. The, what the risen Lord would have to say, because he is the only one who got the message of grace. The disciples never knew grace. They stayed with, and I'm not downing them, but the revelations of, of Paul are just incredible. And a lot of that is in rescuing God from the rebel of religion. I'm giving away the God is God and we're not, um, it's a wild story, but it's all true. And and God had me write it years ago because he never wanted me to forget where I came from and the journey. And so it fits wherever you are. I pray, Father, I just pray your blessing on your children, your blessing that makes rich and you add no sorrow to it. I pray for your word with your heart in every situation, God, that the hidden things come to light and what's not of you is exposed and removed and that you take them into heaven's view and give your strategy for the victory. Because they won't lose anything they need, but you've got, you're so creative about giving answers. And God, those who have wounded spirits, wounded hearts, just put your hand on their heart and heal them. Let them know you were there all along, loving them. 
You were there all along. Just love your little kids back to health. Jesus, you said, unless we come like one of these little kids, we don't even get in. So I just ask you to put your little son, because it's never the grown-ups that need healed. It's the little kid. It's the little boy. It's the little girl. Just put each of them in your lap and just hold them close to your heart and love them back to health, I pray. And make all things new. We thank you. We praise you in Yeshua's holy and beloved name. Bless Glenn, the vision and the purpose and the call that you have on his heart. I thank you for expanding. Expand his field, Lord. Expand his tent, I pray. And we will be faithful to give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. In your son Yeshua's holy name. Amen and amen. Amen. And I think we'll leave it. Bless you, brother. Bless you. I just, guys, I just want you to go and check Barbara out. So where can people find you, Barbara? Uh, BarbaraBrown.com. And then that will lead, if you're into wellness, it'll lead to WholeLifeWholeHealth.com. Okay. So guys, I'm going to put all the links up to where you can find Barbara. Please keep up to date and see what she's doing because this woman of God is all I'll say is, is a, is a walking miracle. And what she does for people is amazing. So until next time, guys, as I always like to say, keep having the hard conversations because it's the hard conversations that saves lives until next time. Thank you. To find out more about the imperfectly perfect campaign and how you can get involved, simply head to our official website at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org or email us today at info at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org to speak to one of the team. The Imperfectly Perfect campaign is creating awareness and is not a substitute for professional advice. Should you need help, please refer to your nearest crisis number.